dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. All of us are aware of the cliche that says that business somehow causes poverty or that capitalism and charity are opposed. This, however, is challenged by the document that the Vatican released in 2011 called the Vocation of the Catholic Business Leader. This document issues six principles that are to guide every business leader in their vocation. And its second principle says that businesses are there to help the poor. How can this be done? You know, I just love doing these sessions with you because it really helps remind us all of why you are called by God to be in business. Look, we all know that as Catholics, our main focus is the spiritual and it's on human values and building up other people. And we also know that as business leaders, well, our focus has got to be on profit and on how we make a viable business sustained in the long term. And so many people look at that and they say, well, there's no way to reconcile those two, because if you want profit, you're going to end up hurting people along the way. And if your focus is on the business itself, then you're going to end up diminishing the culture that's necessary for human flourishing. And if our world follows the pathway of business, we will lose the family values and the, the human values that we know not only keep society together, but make for the good life. And of course, stories abound of people who have done just that and have gone down that pathway and to their ruin and to the ruin of the world around them. And yet I want to kind of challenge that because on the other hand, if you, if you push back and say, well, let's just focus in on the human values then and forget about business. Our history has shown that those type of enterprises always end in corruption of one way or another. I actually think that business is there to correct a spirituality that otherwise is just too angelic. There's something real about having to work for your living, gain your life and face the pressures and the risks that are a part of that. There's something that keeps us whole and intact. There's almost like, I would say that just as business needs spirituality, spirituality needs business because otherwise your spirituality is not going to have a true meaning because it'll end up being a pie in the sky spirituality about ideals that we might be able to attain if only we could. Look, in the end, somebody has to produce the means to those wonderful ideals. I'm not challenging our faith's ability to make ideals or the importance for us to paint a picture of human values and family life that is just flourishing. But in the final analysis, someone needs to actually get the job done. We have to build hospitals. We have to staff the hospitals. We have to build schools. We have to staff the schools. You know, and these things don't just fall out of the air. And so what most people end up saying is, well, we need to let the government do that. The government will provide for us. But we all know, my friends, that this simply does not work. Give me an example 
where in fact the government has been able to supply for the citizens better than where the, what the citizens could have done if left to their own ingenuity and private enterprise. And if you, even if you could give me an example of that, and I don't think you really can, if you did, I would challenge you to see if that example would sustain itself over 50 years. The realism of the fact is simply that we who are Catholics and want to encourage a life of true human values, of contemplation of the knowledge and the love of God where charity reigns supreme, ought to be the most ardent proponents of the work entailed to do just that in the realism of our condition today, a work called business, called enterprise, called private property. Now, this obviously needs some restraint. You can't just unbridle that force in and of itself because it will grow just as corrupt as its equivalent on the other side of denying it. If either you unbridle the economic forces with an absolute laissez-faire uh, approach, you, you know, you'll end up with corruption. And on the other hand, if you don't and you totally enchain the forces of human enterprise, you'll also end up in corruption. The answer is somewhere in the middle. But it's in a middle that allows and defends the rights of the individual worker to the fruits of their labor and therefore encourages the labor in order to increase the fruits. This is the nature of the business enterprise. And what's so important for us as Catholics is to recognize that we're called to, to engage in that enterprise as Catholics. And that means that, yes, you have to follow the rules of that enterprise, meaning, yes, you need to generate a profit and you need to generate safe working conditions and you have to comply with all kinds of laws and you have to make sure that the, the product in the end is something that people want and, and fight for viability. But you have to do it as a Catholic, meaning that the values that come from the gospel of Jesus Christ, from prayer and from all of the wisdom of spirituality those have to be made present right in that same endeavor. If we just yield and say to ourselves, hey, this is business and business is business and it's about the bottom line, well, then there's no difference between us and a non-believer in the world of business. Many people would say, well, there is no difference, Father. And I'd like to say, no, there's a huge difference. And as a matter of fact, that difference is even more profitable and even a better business decision than not having it. Now, that assertion is obviously something that needs to be developed in, at a different time. But here in this session, I want us to really be driven home. It is possible to be engaged in business and to do it in a Catholic way, to do it in a way that flows from Jesus Christ, from faith, and that incorporates the spiritual values. And it just makes me smile even to think to have the grace to be able to teach you this at the St. John Leadership Network because so many people would say this is impossible. And I'm like, this is the moment of the Catholic imagination. The Catholic imagination says, no, actually, we can do it. As a matter of fact, we have to do it. Why? Because St. Joseph did it before us. And our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, before he saved the world, was a roofer in Nazareth, in Galilee. And not only was he, you can go right down the line. The very first person in the Bible, for example, of whom it is said that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember who that was? That's right. His name was Bezalel, who was a tradesman and whose job was to build the tent of meeting for the people of Israel. So workers and faith are supposed to go hand in hand. 
you are workers. You are workers in the field of business. How do you bring your faith into business? Not only is this possible, it is necessary. What an amazing vision we'd have of our world if our businesses could catch the fire of the gospel and if we could produce and work in the way that God wanted us to. This is what the Catholic Church sees. So in 2011, she issued a document called The Vocation of the Catholic Business Leader. And in that document, there are six principles that are enunciated for what, you know, how, how you can actually work as a Catholic business leader. And so the very first principle that was there is that you have to do good products. You'd build a better world by your business. And the second principle is that you can aid the poor. That is to say that your business maintains solidarity with the poor by being alert for opportunities to serve deprived and underserved populations and people in need and by removing obstacles that prevent the excluded from participating in the economy. I just love the way that this is worded because it's an invitation. It's saying that actually your business does not have to look at itself as somehow being to the detriment of the poor. If we lead it right, then we who are Christians can take a hold of that business and turn it into something that actually prevents the people in need from being excluded from participating in the economy and that actually serves deprived and underserved populations. So obviously this requires some imagination. It requires some gumption. It requires a Catholic leader. It requires you. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org member and join for free today. The Vatican document on the vocation of the Catholic business leader is actually something that really is challenging and stirring. And I think it's a wonderful example of innovative thinking because in our world today, we, we kind of want to fall into this dichotomy that says it's either profit or the poor. It's either business or it's spirituality. And, and so we divide our world nice and neat into opposing forces. That's actually, that's called dialectic, and it's actually not truth. Truth is that opposing forces are held together by something greater than those opposite forces. And when you can do that, and you can bring two opposing dynamics into a unity, you can actually increase the energy that they have. You can let them work together in a synergy that produces something even more marvelous. And this is an example where the Catholic thought goes ahead of the problem and says, you know, there's actually a synergy between business and spirituality, and there's a synergy between profit and the poor. And it's up for the leader to unite those two principles in our faith and by our faith, bring them together to create something that's explosive really in its energy. And I, I, I want to underscore this because what's needed is the leader. What's needed is the confidence that comes from you inside of yourselves. This is why we exist at the St. John Leadership Network. We want to produce those types of leaders. We want to help you to say, how is it that I, who am in charge of this business or in charge of this, you know, area of my company or this enterprise, this profession that I've engaged in, I'm running my own law office. I'm running my own dental office. You're running your own business, as you know. How can I utilize that to actually help the poor? 
Well, the very first principle is that you actually have to run your business. It does not help the poor to not have businesses in the world. Businesses, as you know, not only provide goods and services that every human being needs, rich or poor, but we also provide employment and we create an economy that sustains everyone at a level of life which is necessary for them in order to attain and to live out their spiritual life with comfort and with ease. Poverty, in other words, is not a goal. Poverty is not something that we want. You know, we can definitely go to excess. We definitely need to be careful to not go to excess and become selfish or materialistic. But to have the necessary in order to live what Aristotle calls the good life, the life of contemplation, of intelligence, of conversation, and of the practice of virtues, well, this requires a certain amount of basic needs. And those needs are met by businesses. They've been met by businesses from time immemorial. And I just think it's really something people will say, well, the government can take care of all those needs. And I just want to point out to you that the government would then be operating as a business, <laughs> which means even if you went down that road and said the government needs to take care of all human needs, you would need people in the government who know how to do that and know how to do that ethically and with a Catholic sense. You, you simply can't get around the reality of life which is that material goods are produced by pr organized productive activity that is shared. And that is, that is what I refer to as business, either private, you could say, or a public. It doesn't really matter at this point. We need leaders in there who know how to do that and how to do that with an eye to actually benefiting those who are underprivileged and underserved. And so while the first principle is to actually run your business, the second principle is that of solidarity. It's a great word. It's a word we use a lot in the Catholic sphere, but we don't really understand it outside of the Catholic sphere. So I'm going to explain it to you. To be in solidarity means for you to look at everyone in the world and say, in the end, I am one with them. My fate and my lot is tied one way or another to theirs. I am not, in other words, in a competitive environment where my rise means their downfall or their downfall means my rise. No, no, no. An idea of solidarity, it's not to say competition is bad, but it's to say it's a different environment. It's to say that my rise is there to engender their rise. And in that way, they don't have anything to fear from my rise. And I certainly don't have anything to fear by helping everyone else out. There's enough in this world to go around. And so we need some to lead, to take the, the first step forward, to advance in order because of solidarity, to fold under their benefits and fold under what they've increased to help raise everyone else up to this, a similar level. Now, you can imagine if everyone lived at that attitude or with that attitude or in that way, that then as everyone chips in together, the whole world rises and it rises together. Now, this is a beautiful idea and it actually has a lot of economic truth to it, as we all know. Well, the engine to that economic truth, some would say it's in the government, but history might challenge that, you know, speculation. And others would say it's in private enterprise, their entrepreneurialism, small developments, but both the government solution and the solution of private enterprise, both of them have the same foundation. 
It lies in engaging in the world of business. Business, in other words, is not the problem. The lack of business is the problem. The role of the government or the role of private enterprise is the same there. How do we generate an economy that can meet people's needs and help them to live the good life? Well, for those of us who are Catholics in America working in business, well, we're doing it based upon free enterprise, right? And we take our talents and our skills and we employ them in order to generate a good or a service for which people pay. And by that profit that's generated, the business is sustained, our life is sustained, and the goods and services go to sustain the lives of the others. This is a great vision. It's just not enough. We can do more. And what's neat about this document coming from the Vatican is that it shows us and gives us some amazing initiatives that if you have the courage to deploy them and the courage to lead your company towards them can not only create a, a wonderful business opportunity for you, but can actually make your working environment and culture better, more apt to be paired with true spirituality and a culture in which your employees can really claim to be making a genuine difference and helping this world in very practical ways. I want to take a look at them with you. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network, where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to www stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. Let's take a look together at the document that the Vatican wrote, the vocation of the Catholic business leader, and especially paragraph 45, where it talks about the solidarity with the poor. And we said this is a very amazing idea that we can actually unite business, profit-generating activity, and concern for the welfare of the poor together. What an incredible Catholic vision. Instead of denying or dividing these two and putting them as opposing forces, we can actually harness the energy of each. The more that I care about the poor, in other words, the better off my business will be. And the more, the better off that my businesses be, the more that I can care for the poor. Now that will be a win-win situation. Well, why wouldn't we create that? The Vatican here points out that that's the direction to go. So on the downside, the problem is that the document really refers to very big concepts and very big business practices. But I bet that you are in your own professions or in your own trades can even find ways to implement these there where you are. I'm just going to read to you from the document. It says, the Christian business leader is alert for opportunities to integrate these neglected populations and sees this both as a proper social responsibility and as a great business opportunity. Developments in the field of the bottom of the pyramid products and services, such as micro-enterprises, micro-credit, social enterprises, and social investment funds have played an important role in addressing the needs of the poor. These innovations will not only help to lift people up from extreme poverty, but could also spark their creativity and entrepreneurship and contribute to launching a dynamic of development. So again, this is kind of a, a big business uh, vision of things saying that, but we can apply it to our own businesses. In other words, does your business have a charity that it sponsors? Now, I know there's a lot of limitations in how you can do this. Some of you don't own your businesses. Some of you have very little say in the budgets, but you can have an eye for the poor. 
you can have a heart to look for how you could fold under what your businesses do or where you work, how that place could actually invest itself to make the community around you better. Most businesses, big corporations, they'll have some sort of local involvement in the charities. Well, can you get on that board? Can you help make, raise the voice to push that a little bit further down the field? And for those of you who work in small businesses, well, there's a lot of influence that you can bear and how that business integrates itself into raising up the community around it from sponsoring projects at 4-H at the fair to donating to different special needs that happen in the community. I'm thinking of a restaurant that was founded in small town, Ohio. It's a real place. And where they, they founded the restaurant, and the idea was all of the tips will go to a local family in need. And usually it's a family that's been stricken in one way or the other with severe financial hardships from you know maladies that they didn't expect to have to, to physical calamities that take place because of the weather or whatever else. And all the tips of the restaurant will go to that family. In three years now, they've raised $1.9 million. Everybody wants to go there because we know that we can give our tips to a cause that's good and just and that we want to support in the local community. What a great idea. There is a business that's utilizing its own economic development to help the poor in real practical, tangible ways. Other companies will hire those with special needs on purpose or sponsor local young entrepreneurs in their endeavors as they try to reach out and create new business opportunities themselves. The church doesn't get into a lot of details as to how you can do it. There are some examples listed there, microenterprises, microcredits, social enterprises, but even those term, that terminology is really a terminology of the church where we, we speak in big global terms. To, but you who are working in the world, you could also just think to yourself that my work itself, how can we open it to the poor? How can we concretely utilize the leverage that comes from our business to benefit the poor? I know a dental service, for example, in Houston, run by two great Catholic people in our leadership network, but they close down their company for two days to a week every year and offer free services to everybody who needs their services in the poor. They also do mission trips where they fly over to, to impoverished communities and utilize again, the profit that they've made on their business in order to then fund a trip to help people in small villages, remote and foreign countries who have no other dental care. This is a great example. And, and there's many others, the examples abound from roofing companies that put on roofs for people's houses around them, or the great example of Habitat for Humanity, where people come in and actually will help build a house for a family on the condition that the family itself come and work on the house with them. The, the models are many. The church doesn't get into saying you should do this or that, leaves it up to your creativity, to your leadership. But here's the reminder from Pope Francis. He challenges business leaders to act as peacemakers and to show mercy by refusing to discard people, harm the environment, or seek to win at any cost. In other words, he's saying that the metanoia, the conversion, is at the heart of every single individual to turn away from selfishness and turn themselves to God will not only give you a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and allow your life to expand under his mercy, 
but it'll also give your businesses the drive, the energy, and the inventive power to be a force for good. If just in the same way as I no longer live my life just for me, I no longer work in my business just for me. And if I own that business or if I manage that business on the leadership team, well, I can be a voice for saying, how are we leveraging all of our resources to benefit those who go without? And the various calamities that can happen in a community, wildfires burning houses down, mudslides that can take place, tornadoes that can go through, is our business actually there to help and support those people? There's a million different ways for us to do that. But you see, at the heart of it is the leader whose heart has said, I, since I belong to God, I need to show mercy, refuse to discard people, refuse to harm the environment, refuse to win at any cost. In fact, I'm here to serve Christ and to serve Christ in and through my business. I'd like to, at this point, just really encourage you all to embrace this challenge. Uh, so, so many times I've heard great minds, great souls that I've encountered in the sense of the world with all kinds of education and all kinds saying that they don't know where they're challenged in their faith. Actually, faith can kind of seem to be a little bit of a boring proposition. You go to church, you hear a seven minute homily, right? Like, you know, you're supposed to pray the rosary, but you don't really like the rosary. Plus it takes so long. So then you'd leave it with this, this vision of like, well, monks do that. And monks are really special people. And so, and you kind of are enchanted by the vision of Christianity, but you don't really know where you fit into it because of your course of life. Your trajectory is to run a business. It's, it's not to be a monk. It's not to be a really spiritual person. And sometimes that can even leave you feeling like you're on the outside. This is where the rubber meets the road, folks. I'm here to actually say what an invitation you have. The church is saying you get to be creative here. What you can't do is live a divided life where your business is on the one side and the poor are on the other side. But the only people that can make the bridge between those two and unite those disparate forces are leaders who have the gospel at the heart and the business in their hand. And those leaders are you. So therefore I'm challenging you. Why don't we become creative? Instead of saying it's impossible and instead of saying that it's hard, this is where your faith needs your greatness and where your spirituality needs your acumen and your thought. How is it? What will I do in my business and my profession, in my professional sphere, that can actually benefit and help the underserved, the underprivileged, those who other words need to be dynamized and made productive in their own spheres. If we all started thinking that way, our businesses would become prophetic, our work lives would become energized, and our faith would become real. And that, my friends, is a vision worth working for. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.